your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back to the program. It's 20 minutes to 10 here on Newcastle Live. It is beautiful outside. It's 24 degrees. It's sunny. It's the perfect day for golf. And uh, my next guest is headed off to golf once he's finished with me. It is Ed Duke, who is the uh, chair of Newcastle Partnerships. Good morning and welcome, Ed. Thank you very much. Put your microphone over a little bit closer to you. That's better. That's much better. Where are you playing golf today? Newcastle. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, your favourite golf golf spot? Uh, yes, it's one of the best golf courses in Australia. Mm. Yeah, Paul Scott continually, every time I speak to Paul Scott on a on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, nine times out of ten, he's headed to golf, either at Newcastle or Merriweather, or it's <laughs> tough life, this retirement. <laughs> well, yes, but we deserve it. Oh, of course, mm. of course. Now, look, you are, you are a very, very well-known uh, person around Newcastle and the Hunter. You've done an enormous amount, not only when it comes to uh, to architecture and to design, but uh, you've been involved in a lot of groups over over your time uh, as a, a business person in Newcastle. Yeah, ranging from uh, from the Newcastle Alliance to Newcastle BIA to Newcastle Now, you've spent a lot of time. You know, the Hunter Business Chamber, of course, you're part of that as well. You spent a lot of time in and around Newcastle and the Hunter. How are you feeling at the moment about the economy and about uh, are we are we a positive place at the moment? Um, yes, I'd say we are a positive place. I'm, as an architect, I'm a bit concerned about some of the planning that's being done. Um, I think when they changed the rules to allow uh, 90 metre storey or high buildings, um, I always saw Newcastle as being a five and six storey place. You know, it's a nice scale. It's mm. it's a bit, you know, it takes its cue from, from Paris and other places where you have a very human scale. I, I always gauge it uh, by the, if you can stand on a balcony and recognise someone on the ground, mm. then that's that's really high good, enough. That's yeah. good planning. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you and I have been through so much in this in this town. You know, the 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 tearing up of the of the rail line, the honeysuckle redevelopment. I must admit, I drive down honeysuckle now, and uh, I look at it and I think that's not quite what I was expecting, and that's not quite what the vision was supposed to have been for Honeysuckle. As an architect and as someone who has been on the ground with a lot of this, what's your personal opinion on uh, on Honeysuckle these days? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's been a wall erected between the city and the harbour, uh, which is really unfortunate. I think one of the worst things uh, that has happened is that we've got new and old. So people are gravitating towards the new uh, and they're leaving the old to fall apart. Uh, so we've seen that on the on Hunter Street, there are a lot of vacancies, there are a lot of people who are doing it tough. Um, and even in the East End, where all that redevelopment is going on, that's been going on now for too long. Um, so what's happening now, I quite like some of the things that are happening, the, the laneways. Um, but again, I think it's uh, too intense. Mm, it is. I mean, look, I must admit, I love what Iris Capital has done with the old David Jones building. Um, that's adaptive reuse, you know, and mm-hmm. we, keep, we kept talking about that for so long, didn't we? Adaptive reuse. Yeah. And we, we often use the, uh, the Sydney um, GPO as, uh, as one of our beacons. You know, that obviously mm-hmm. became a Western Hotel, a Sheridan. I don't know what it is these days, but anyway. And the Queen Victoria building. Exactly. Mm. Fantastic adaptive reuse. Yeah. Um, you know, and we think about the store that we've knocked down, Dairy Farmer's Corner, you know, mm-hmm. I'm Hopefully we've we've kept that uh, that that facade, but we've lost so much, Ed. So yeah. much. 
It, it, yes, it is a shame. Um, I, <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's way too late. Yeah. It's way too late. Now, the reason why I've got you in here um, today is because uh, last night a document uh, went before Newcastle Council, which was uh, basically talking about a change in the uh, the special business rate expenditure policy. Now, to those of us who are old enough to remember, the special rate variation, the SRV, was mm-hmm. how it originally started all those years ago. You were there when it started. What? Uh, give me the background on exactly what the, the special rate variation was, why it was set up, and what it was supposed to do. Um, I actually came on the scene uh, probably about a year after it was established. Uh, following the earthquake, it was pretty obvious that Newcastle needed some extra work done. And it's my understanding that uh, John McNaughton was a leader in, in that process. Um, and he, I believe, modelled it on Christchurch, the Christchurch model of a, a city centre committee. So the city centre committee was set up. Uh, Peter Evans was the chair of it then. There were various people who are still well known in Newcastle mm. who were on that, uh, that group. Um, basically, the, the city centre committee continued for some time. The... The council put in the funding initially, and then it introduced the the special business rate, um, which was set on various places in the CBD. Not all of the CBD, but most of it. Um, They were very successful, but um, when I took over as chair, uh, which was a bit accidental, just serendipitous for whatever reason, (laughs) um, I realised that... um, the city centre committee was so tightly bound with the council that it really couldn't do some of the things that it really possibly could do. So I looked at uh, various examples, um, and the new the I went to New York uh, at my own uh, expense, I must say, um, and looked at a thing called the New York Alliance, and that was a separate um, group who were funded by the ratepayers. Um, they had a big budget, I've got to tell you. I bet, <laughs> this is before yeah. the Twin Towers yeah. went down. Um, and they were, um, they were very successful. They had a very close relationship with the police. Um, this is when they managed to reduce the crime in New York so they became a really pleasant place to be rather than, a, mm. you know. It was when Rudy was, uh, was actually mm. the mayor of the city, yeah. Before he lost his mind. I was going to say before he lost his marbles, <laughs> all right, and, and, and put that dye in the hair. <laughs> so um, we set up the Newcastle Alliance. Um, we had a board. Um, we were able to do things that council uh, or that the city centre committee couldn't do because of its because the rules that applied to council applied to city centre committee. And that namely was, that you couldn't criticise and yeah, well yes publicly. those sorts mm. of things. Um, and also it meant that we could get external grant funding, which councils can't do not not as business BIAs can. So that was all working fairly well um, until. <laughs> And I was only reflecting on this the other day. There was a policy brought out by council uh, at the time called Gold Coin. Um, and I can't even remember what the background to it was, but all of a sudden the alliance was no longer um, a successful group. We were, we were criticised um, for the criticism, um, and that was it. So council had a meeting. Uh, council officers recommended that the contract between the alliance and council be endorsed and re-established but all of a sudden someone came out of the woodwork and said no this is not going to happen we're going to go out for tender so they went out for tender to find another service provider to provide the services that the alliance had been offering 
I can remember all that because I was sitting on the board at that point in time. You were, yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. And uh, it really was. You know, we were questioning things like car parking. Where's the car park money going to? Where's, uh, you know, what are the fines looking like? You know, how are we turning over car parking? You know, we, I think we basically became the parking police on, on council, didn't we? We asked yes. and held them to account on all of those things. Yeah, well, we jointly funded with council a study, a citywide study into parking. But it was never implemented. We kept asking the question, what's going on? Mm. <laughs> if you compare what parking was like in Newcastle with what parking is like now, it was, it was fantastic. It then. was wonderful, wasn't <laughs> it? We were bitching about it then. I still, I, I still reckon there's an, an idea to put the car parking underneath Civic Park. I still haven't given up on yeah, that Yeah, that was a plan that we really mm. tried to push on. But we did, didn't we? Didn't we? But no one, no one wanted that one. No yeah. one liked that. Um, so obviously there were some, some issues. The, the Alliance obviously became an independent body. We stood away from council. We had our own funding. Um, so that, that all happened. Then there was the establishment obviously of Newcastle Now who became the new service provider. Um, the special rate variation was changing, how that was happening. What happened then? Well, the, the Alliance was, as we said, it went, it went to a, a private, semi-private organisation, but... Um, there were still issues and problems with the model. Um, and so I, and I think it was mainly my action that um, I was spending a fair bit of time in Vancouver. And in Vancouver and in various places, they have business improvement associations. Um, so I brought the model to Newcastle. Um, and it was extremely successful. Um, it had all the right values. Um, it was well organised. Um, it, um, it, it, I was reflecting again on that uh, just this morning. We actually got grants of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, we were about to convert Nobbies into a wonderful pedestrian and people place with you know, function areas and restaurant and all that sort of thing. We worked really hard on that. We worked with the Port Authority who kept on looking over their shoulder and thinking about Eddie O'Bead in Sydney and should we be doing this? <laughs> I can imagine, yes. <laughs> Until finally they realised that we were a business improvement association, a not-for-profit organisation, and a group who, uh, who should be encouraged to do what we were doing. We got a half a million dollars from the port to start the process and we were not promised, but it, we're pretty sure we were going to get another half a million dollars to finish the project. So... Some years back, we would have had Nobbies as a, just a wonderful uh, facility for the community, but not now. No, not now. It's done. Obviously, um, criticising council and uh, in, internal politics in council and uh, things that we, we can't go into because obviously you and I can't afford the defamation case. True. Um, but uh, the BIAs were dissolved as they currently stood, mm -hmm. um, yourself, Newcastle Now and, uh, and Hamilton were yeah. both uh, sacked. Mm -hmm. Where are we now? Well, I think one of the interesting things about the sacking, of course, is that in the process of doing that, council dismissed a couple of senior employees. One of those employees actually uh, set up a, or asked for an unfair dismissal, um, and that went to court. What the court found is that council was totally wrong. They accused us of various misdoings. Misappropriations, misdoings. Yeah, yeah. Breaching, breaching the contract. We were found to, that was all found to be untrue. Um, and <laughs> so it, we were, it was an unfair dismissal of a BIA. 
They've now set up a different process of the BIA, which is outside of the standard around the world as to how BIAs operate. Um, what was going on, uh, or what has been going on, is that they're seeking to consolidate uh, and make stronger the ability of council to, um, to I've got to be careful with my words here, um, to make sure that the funds that are being raised from the community, from the businesses, goes to policies that council endorses. So there's not, it's all an expression of interest thing now. So mm. the, even the BIAs, I understand, mm. I may be wrong, the BIAs have to apply to the council for funds. Um, originally they were getting 100000 a year mm. Mm. Uh, to do their, their seed stuff. I don't know whether that's still on. I didn't find it in the papers. But for me, it means that council is yet again um, in a stronger position to administer funds raised from the business community. And it's even reinforced by the fact that each group who wins money out of the program is required to acknowledge Newcastle City Council. Um, there's no acknowledgement of the businesses. so It's all about Newcastle Council. Yep. Now, the, uh, the document that went before Council last night, um, and you mentioned the, uh, the related policy documents and strategies that, uh, that must be adhered to. Now, they've taken several out. Um, so previously, it was Newcastle After Dark, Live Music Strategy, Destination Management Plan, the cost Cultural Strategy, the Economic Development Strategy, Safe City Plan, Disability Inclusion Action Plan, and uh, their Expression of Interest Guidelines. Now, taken out of that is now Newcastle After Dark, isn't mm. isn't included. Um, cultural strategy isn't included. The safe city plan isn't included, and the disability inclusion plan isn't included. So now you have to adhere to the Newcastle music strategy, the destination management plan, and the economic strategy. That is a big cut down from from the size and scope of what you were able to do. Um, yes, and I'd like someone to tell me how those changes are going to benefit the business community. That's my question as yeah. well, Ed, and uh, and I suppose you know the, the re main reason why you and I are talking today is because this just suddenly appeared on the business papers. Obviously, they come out two weeks prior. This was on the business papers. There is a fully tracked document which shows every single change that is going to be enacted. There was no consultation done, as I believe, with any of the organisations. None. None. So not anything. Nothing with Hamilton. Nothing with Newcastle. No. Nothing at all. No. Now, uh, now, council are saying that this, the the consultation they did was internal. Mm -hmm. That's not external strategy. An external consultation when you're you're talking about ratepayer and business funds. Yes, yeah, it's not their money. You know, and that's the problem with the, with this process. However. Um, we we wrote, did have a win, didn't we? we? Yes. Mm. Well, we had we had a we had councillors listen to what we were saying. Um, so the business community at the moment um, is a bit disparate. Um, there's not a sort of single voice at the moment, but we're about to change that. So Newcastle partnerships, who uh, are now transitioning into business Newcastle. Fantastic So news. we're representing the whole of Newcastle businesses, the LGA. There are a couple of other organisations, but we're cooperating with them um, to achieve what's really necessary for Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle business is Newcastle society. It's people. Mm. You know, if we don't have those businesses, we don't have a community. So they need to be strong. And the, the, at the moment, what's going on is that 
um, Newcastle business ratepayers are now paying the same level of rates as Sydney CBD. And we don't think that's terribly fair. So if we could achieve uh, now a change in this program, I mean, the ideal would be that the SBR is, is finished. That if council is really concerned that these sorts of programs should be implemented, then they should be funding it. Um, and that's what we're going to... That's what you're seek. going to put forward, yeah. Yes. Yep. So, but it's good that the council listened. Um, it, it, it possibly indicates that we have an influence, which is good. I mean, that's what councils mm. are meant to do. They're meant to listen. So they've listened. They've organised themselves to go out for 28 days for consultation. Um, and uh, and we will certainly contribute to that program. Do we know if the general public is able to contribute and how they can contribute, or we're still waiting for all of those details to come through? I think it will go on exhibition, um, and we'll make sure that everyone knows. Mm. Now, obviously, Newcastle Partnerships, um, uh, We I used to regularly talk with uh, the late, great um, Kevin Coffey, was uh, was such a big part of, mm. of all of this, of Newcastle Partnerships. He'd be turning his grave today with all of this. <laughs> he, he really would be. He'd be uh, – he put so much time, energy, his own money into yes. Derby Street Precinct. Yep. You know, I mean, they're the kind – they're the things that we're talking about, the Derby Street Precinct, mm-hmm. um, you know, the King Street Fairs, all of those kind of things, they all came out of these organisations on the ground. Yes. They don't exist anymore, and I don't think people realise that. It's sad, but um, you know, I think I think once things start to, or it, once it starts to look as if the community is being um, considered seriously by council as being, um, you know, a, a collaborative, we need collaboration. Mm. Um, so as soon as that starts to happen, I think I think it's going to be a better city. I hope so because we need that. That's we what do. we need. Mm. We need to be able to hold. Newcastle Council, both the councillors and the officers, to account. But we still need to work together. We still need to be friends. And and, yeah. and that's that's your and my job is mm-hmm. to, to hold them to account and to get a better city and to leave it better than when you and I first came in here. That's the idea behind it all, isn't it? There's of no it is. there's no grandstanding, there's no, you know, empire building. Mm-hmm. This is to leave the place better than how, how it was when we got here. Correct. Yeah. It's that simple, isn't it? Mm. So when are we expecting to see uh, this new business chamber roll out? Uh, we, this is uh, something that we'll do over the next couple of months uh, to let people know that we're around. Um, the best part about what we are is that we are actually part of a huge organisation. So Business New South Wales is the overarching lead in all of this. So if we've got a problem here with state government, we can ask New South Wales to talk to the government. Mm. So we're in a better position to get a response. And the difference between you and the and the Hunter Business Chamber, of course, is that you are local based. You are Newcastle based. You're yes. not looking after the whole region, which is what the Hunter, you know. And they're doing very well. They that. are doing an exceptional mm. job. I actually, uh, I'm speaking with with Tony Rhodes a little bit later in the program about the budget. We did pretty damn well, you know. Yesterday we were all, all wondering, oh my God, what's you know what's going to be left in? Mm-hmm. We did pretty well. There yep. was only a few left out, mm-hmm. so we're starting to be taken seriously here. Finally. Yes, and we'll work hard towards that as well. Mm. Good. What about the uh, the very fast train? I, 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 you and I, we've been talking about this for How 40 about a years. fairly fast train? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
Look, Ed, as I said, I, I think it is a really important one. You know, there's a couple of things that have come out of this conversation. Number one, the fact that uh, that Newcastle businesses are paying the same commercial rates as Sydney is just criminal. And I know mm. that this has been going on for a long, long time. You can go out to Lake Macquarie, you can go to Maitland, you can go to Charlestown, you can go anywhere else. Yep. And the rates are considerably cheaper. Mm. Now, that's not encouraging business into the city. No. It's just not. It's not. Um, I'm very excited about the, uh, the fact that this new business chamber model is happening. Will we be able to become members? Will it be a member-based organisation? Yes, we're still working through some of those details. Probably two levels. Um, everyone is a member. I mean, you're a member now. Mm. So that's, you know. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there will be another level, which is probably in terms of voting and being involved in committees mm. um, and, and being able to join the board, which will be a, a more structured membership. Mm. And look, finally, as I said, um, congratulations to to the councillors last night. They did listen to you. Mm. They did pay attention. Um, congratulations, Carol Duncan was uh, was overwhelming in her support of uh, of the BAA. And uh, you know, fingers crossed. All we want is uh, is the chance to provide feedback and not just have it rammed through. And I think they listened. And uh, and the fact that it is going to be on public exhibition for twenty eight days. And uh, the policy will provide a framework for the City of Newcastle to manage the special business rate program. Ed, thank you so much for your time. It's a really, exci- I'm really mm. excited. It's good, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been this excited for a long time. <laughs> good. When it comes, you and I've been through the ups and the downs, haven't yeah. we? Ups and downs. It's lovely to have you in. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, and uh, keep us all across exactly what's happening with uh, with the sure Newcastle will. Chamber. Yeah, we now, can what do are we ch- what are we calling it? Newcastle. Business Newcastle. Business Newcastle. Well, Mm. there you go. Business Hunter, Business Newcastle. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You can go and play golf now. Hopefully I'll do as well there. I I hope so. (laughs) You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.